This week, we continue, as we've heard several times now, in, in Christmas, the season of Christmas. Now, if you were here on Christmas Eve, I said quickly towards the end of uh, the Christmas Eve service that we cannot question the reality that 2,000 years ago there was a baby named Jesus who was born to a mother named Mary and a father named Joseph who lived in the first century Palestine and then this man grew up to become who is known to history as Jesus of Nazareth. There's no question of people who are actually historians who are interested in finding out what happened in the first century. No one questions that fact. Now, what they do question is, did Jesus do all the things that the Bible says he did? And he, was he the person that the Bible claims he was? That's the, the disputed fact. Now, what I said was, what we all need to decide is, who do we believe that Jesus is? Because there's this giant elephant in the room if you say, well, I don't know, I don't think about it. Because we have this religion or this group of people who claim to be followers of Jesus. And they went from a small group of no one Jews in the corner of the Roman Empire to after 400 years. It was the religion of the Roman Empire. And the emperor was using it to rally the people around his causes and it became the religion of the world and it still is probably the largest religion in the world I haven't seen re recent statistics so we have to deal with this guy named Jesus whether we want to or not so who do we believe that Jesus is now within the Christian tradition um, in the season of Christmas, and then Epiphany, we start to explore Jesus' revelation to us, meaning Jesus comes and he tells us who he is. So if we're going to know who he is, well, we, we should ask, well, what does he say? And that's part of the investigation. So today we investigate who Jesus is by looking at the first chapter of the fourth gospel written by we believe to be the Apostle John. One of the men who traveled with Jesus for three years was very closely involved with him and was a very close friend of his who later wrote down the story. So if you want to open up to John chapter 1, we will follow along together. Let me grab a bulletin. This, the page number is... Page 922, if you want to follow along in the Pew Bible. So if you'll turn there to John chapter 1, verses 1 through 18. We're going to take a look at who John, one of the closest friends of Jesus while he lived, says that Jesus was. So John chapter 1, verse 1 opens this way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. So unlike the other three gospel writers, John chooses to begin his gospel not at Jesus' birth, not at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, but at the beginning of the universe, at the beginning of all time. 
The opening lines, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, very much reflect the opening of the Jewish Hebrew scriptures. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what John is doing, and this is something we don't see, but this is something that the Jewish people did. They had their story. But what they're doing is they're retelling their story through the lens of Jesus. So the Jewish story was this, from the beginning, God had created humans with a purpose, and he had made them to be in relationship with him, but humans had chosen to fall in away from that call. And now the Hebrew scriptures say, well, God is in the process of restoring that relationship. Well, John makes this connection. He says, in the beginning was the word. So now we're going back and we're retelling the creation story through the lens of Jesus. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God since the beginning. And that word was God. And then he also tells us that through this word, all things were made. So the question we need to ask is, well, who is the word? Now, I've kind of given it away. Anyone want to give a guess who the word is? This should be an easy one. Who is the word? Who are the gospels about? Boom, Jesus. Okay. Jesus is the word. But it's kind of an odd thing for John to say. What does it mean for Jesus to be the word? Now there's a couple of different answers to this question if we look at the first century. We can give the Greek answer. But the thing is that the audience of John, I don't think were mostly Greek thinkers. They were Jewish people, so they were raised in Jewish ways of thinking. Now, it's hard for us to understand what that means, but if we go to a different country, we, and I've actually never done this, so I am not totally sure if this is true, but I hope it's true. I think it is. Whenever we go to other countries as Americans, it's, we begin to see how not everyone thinks the way we think. I mean, we just think, oh, this is what you do when that happens, and this is what people care about, and this is how people do these things. But you go to a different country and you realize that those people think like the people from that country. The same with the ancient people of the Roman Empire. The Greek culture was the biggest culture, but the Jewish people were very keen on keeping their Jewish heritage. So they thought more like Jewish people. So within the Jewish tradition, it was common to personify concepts. Now this is something weird, right? What does that mean? Um... Personify basically means to make something seem to have a personality or humanness to it. So we saw an example of this when we studied Ecclesiastes. There's one passage where it talks about lady wisdom. And wisdom in the Jewish literature is, takes on this persona, this personality as a female. So it's not that much of a stretch for the word of God to take on the personality of someone. Now, what is the word of God in the Jewish concept? Well, it's God's revelation to his people. It's the Jewish scriptures. 
But it's not just the scriptures as in God speaking. It's more God showing himself to his people and revealing himself. So what John is saying is that Jesus is a living revelation of God. So Jesus is a living revelation of God, and he was with God from the beginning, and he was God. Now we'll get to that claim later, but first let's see this idea of Jesus being with God since the beginning. Jesus was with God, and through him things were created. So these claims that Jesus wasn't just a man, but that he was God, are starting to become clear in what John is saying. So as we've asked our question, well, who do we think Jesus is? There's a couple of hints right here. He's the living revelation of God, and he has been God since the beginning in creation. Now John continues in verse 4, he says, In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of mankind that shines in the darkness. Again, what does this mean? We read these kinds of things, but what frustrates me most as someone, not as a pastor or as a, someone who studies the Bible, but as someone who just reads the Bible and then wants, wants to know what other people say about it, what really frustrates me is whenever we read words like, well, life and light shines in the darkness, and people just say, well, Jesus was life and Jesus was the light. Because th- that doesn't mean anything to me. What does that even mean? That Jesus was a life and Jesus was a light. Well, if we put this within, again, the Jewish context. What is it that the Jews claimed about God? They claimed that God had made humans in his own image. And that that image was good. So what this means is that whenever we live in the image of God, we reflect God's goodness. But remember, we're humans and part of the story is their sin and that we can't live up to our calling because we've chosen to follow our own desires. So in steps Jesus, in him is life and the light of all mankind. Or, in him is the life of God, which is goodness. Remember, I use this image one other time. You can't run a gasoline engine on diesel. I had a friend who uh, told me a story about how he had a car and he went to get gas. And he didn't realize it, but at that gas station, they actually had kerosene at the pump. And he was in a hurry, so he puts kerosene in his car instead of gasoline. And he's like, I, go, I start driving and I go to pass the car. And he said he hits the gas and all of a sudden, like, the engine sputters and, and then he has to pull over. And it, then he realizes what happened. So just like a gas engine can't run on diesel, it can't run on, car- run on kerosene either. As humans, we cannot run, we cannot live on what's not from God. Because it will kill us. But Jesus brings life. He brings the light of mankind to shine in the darkness. So the darkness is the world that we're trying to live in and we're trying to figure out how to live. And Jesus says, you want to know how to run on gasoline in your gas engine? 
Well, I'm the source of the gasoline. Look at me. Look at the light in the darkness. I will give you life. So another answer to our question, Jesus comes in the light of God to shine God's goodness into the darkness of the world. Or he helps us to actually live the way we were made to live. So now John references John the Baptist. So John the writer references John the Baptist. In verse 6 he says, There was a man sent from God whose name was John, and he came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all may believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. So what's going on here is simply that John the author is telling us that John the Baptist came to point to Jesus. Now we talked about this a lot the last couple weeks during Advent. The only point that needs to be made about this is simply that there was probably a question within the, the community that John was writing about who was more important or who was, who was the emphasis. Was it John the Baptist or was it Jesus? And John is simply saying Jesus is the main character of this story, not John the Baptist. And he says one other thing about John, but before he continues in verse 9, he says, The true light that gives life to everyone has come into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. So we return to the image of light. So Jesus comes, he's the light. And he comes into the world. And although the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. So what John is claiming here is that even though the creator of the world came to the world, the people who are his creation did not recognize him. John is making it even more clear that he's claiming that Jesus is God. Because who else would exist from the beginning and who could come and offer the light of God to humans and who else could be present at creation? Jesus, John is claiming that Jesus is God. So what verse 9 through 13 are actually claiming is that God came to creation. But the people who made he made didn't recognize him. And then more specifically, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. Now that is a, a comment to the Jewish people who John is a Jewish person. And he's saying, we are the people of God. Our story is that God made us, and he wanted to use us to bless all nations. And we had all these promises that God would come. There would be a Messiah. He would come. He would restore our fortune. And John the Baptist pointed to Jesus as that person. And John says, God came. He dwelt with us. And most of us, fellow Jewish people, we rejected him. And we saw that he was crucified. 
This would have been a very bold, offensive statement for John to make to his fellow Jews. But this pushes a question that we need to ask. Do we do this too? Do we miss Jesus? Or do we miss who Jesus actually is? Meaning that we have have some idea of Jesus, but we don't actually look to see who he tells us he actually is. The picture that John is creating is that Jesus is a living revelation of God, that Jesus is the light of God that offers life to humanity, or he offers us the way to live so that we flourish. And Jesus was, the, was with God in the beginning, and through him all of creation was made. And most importantly, John is claiming that Jesus is God. So here's the question, who is Jesus? Now this is the question we all need to ask ourselves, who is Jesus? Because many people reject him. But John does say this about people who don't reject him in verse 12. He says, yet to all who do receive him, to those who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. So those who receive Jesus, which simply means those who believe what he claims about himself. They say, you know what, Jesus, you're saying this. We believe you. We're going to follow you. People who make that claim are given the right to become children of God. Now, for the days of John, this was not on anyone's radar. No Jewish people claimed to be children of God individually. They might have said, well, we are the nation of God. But the idea of being able to be adopted into the family of God was not something that people were thinking about. So what this is, is a huge development in the relationship between God and his people. Something new is on the horizon. God is interacting with humans in a way that he has not before. If we believe in Jesus, we are able to become children of God. And not because we were born to the right family, born of natural descent, not because of a husband's decision, or not because of someone with power giving us a certain right, But by the grace of God, we are given the right to become children of God. Simply because we are who we are, and our God loves us. Now I think this is something that we miss. We miss that not all people in the Bible are talked about as children of God, but only the followers of Jesus. The Bible simply doesn't say that all people are children of God. All people are created by God. All people are created in God's image. But not all people are part of the family of God. That is a unique distinction for the followers of Jesus. Because we are baptized into Jesus and we become, now this is a weird old word, co-heirs in his inheritance. Simply to mean that we become a 
and the same standing as Jesus as the Son of God, we receive the same blessing and inheritance as Jesus. So our answer is beginning to take shape. Jesus is the living revelation of God. Jesus is the light of God that offers life to humanity. Jesus has been God since been with God since the beginning and has had part, a part to play in creation. And why does John make all this clear to us? Because he wants us to see that Jesus is God. And because Jesus is God and he came to be with us, we're able to be part of the family of God. Now John hammers the point home finally in this last section. In verse 14 he says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. So now this is the most clearest, the clearest statement about Jesus' identity. He became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the only Son, who came from the Father full of grace and truth. So the word became flesh, what that means is that God became human and made earth his home. So now we have to go back to the Jewish people. Remember in the first verse that John was retelling the Jewish story through the lens of Jesus? Well, now he's doing that again. So the idea of the word making his dwelling among his people goes back to the Israelite wilderness when they wandered for 40 years in the book of Exodus. Well, Exodus and then the other three books, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. The wandering of Israel before they entered the promised land in Joshua. So during... The 40 years in the wilderness, God had the Jewish people build something very important. It was called the tabernacle. So does, do you, does people remember hearing about the tabernacle, maybe from Sunday school? Right, tabernacle. So what the tabernacle was, was basically a glorified tent. Now I don't mean to say that disrespectfully, but it was a tent. They had to be able to take it down. Um, and someday... We might be able to get the godly play uh, version of the tabernacle so people can see it. Because it's really cool to actually see how the tabernacle was set up. But what the tabernacle was supposed to do was be a dwelling place for God among his people. So the Israelite people, they would be moving around the wilderness. They'd have their tabernacle. They'd settle and make camp. They'd set it up. Then it'd be time to move. They'd have to take the tabernacle down. And then God would lead them around in the cloud of fire. But then when they set the tabernacle back up, God would go and dwell in the tabernacle. Because that was his dwelling place among his people. So God dwelt with the Israelite people while they were in the wilderness. So John is making Jesus out to be a new kind of tabernacle. Our God has come to dwell with us. Now, the difference between this one and the one in uh, the time of, the, of the, the early Exodus is that this one isn't a tent. It's a human. God decides to dwell with his people, not in a tent anymore, but as one of us. 
so he can know us and be in relationship with us. Now John continues in verse 15. He says, John testifies, tied concern. So now he's back to John the Baptist. John the Baptist, John the Baptist testified concerning him. He cried out saying, this is the one I spoke about when I said, he who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. Out of his fullness we have all received grace and place of grace already given. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So now we're back to John the Baptist. And again, John is simply pointing out that is John, the John the Baptist is not the main point or the main character of the story, but Jesus is the main character of the story. And then he said that Jesus came in fullness. So what does fullness mean? If you think about what we said earlier, Jesus is the living revelation of God. And Jesus is also the full revelation of God. And in particular, God's character. So in the Israelite law, we got glimpses of God's character. And Moses gave the law. And that was grace to the people of God. But now in the new tabernacle, Jesus, the word made flesh, God dwelling with his people, we see God's full character. We don't just get glimpses of it, we see all of it. And then in verse 18, no one has ever seen God but the only, one and only Son who is himself God as in, and is in the closest relationship with the Father who has made him known. So we get another retelling of the story. Does anyone know who saw Jesus or saw God before Jesus? Anyone want to give a guess? The person's name's been said already in the service. Yeah, Carrie got it. Moses. So Moses would go into the tabernacle, the tent of meetings, and he would meet with God. And if you remember that story, maybe you don't, he would come out and his face would be shining, and the Israelite people were freaked out by this. They're like, what is going on? Your face shines for a couple days. We don't like that. So he'd have to cover his face after he'd go to see God. But the glory of God was so great that it actually made Moses, his skin shine. At least that's how we're told. But not even Moses had the relationship with God that Jesus does. So what John is saying is that even Moses didn't know God as Jesus knows God. So John is retelling the story of the tabernacle and the exile. And instead of God dwelling in a tabernacle and Moses seeing God in glimpses, we have God coming to us in person and showing us God's full character. So what John really wants us to see is that in Jesus, we meet God. This is really important. In Jesus, we meet God. So everything that he says in the opening lines of his gospel point to this fact. In Jesus, we meet God. So who do you believe that Jesus is? Well, Jesus is God. But he's also the living revelation of God. He shows us who God is. 
He is the light of God that offers us life. He was with us and he was the one who helped create us. He knows us intimately. In Jesus, we meet God. So yes, Jesus was a man, but he was more than just a man. He was God. So today, the question we need to ask ourselves is, is do we believe that Jesus is God? And then if we do, we look to Jesus to see what God looks like. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you've made yourself known to us in your Son. We ask that you continue to draw us closer to Jesus and make us more into his image. And those of us who are still trying to figure this out, may you call to us and bring us closer to you. May you call to those who are on the outside and make yourself known through Jesus. We ask this all in his name, who, your son who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.